0: Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo celebrities. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and welcome to, what is it, part four of High Society?
1: Great. <laughs>
0: this triggers my dyslexia because it's like we're never on the same part as we are episode numbers so my brain just cannot compute <laughs> we're on part something of our high society recap i'm here with yasmer hanbath he is our international correspondent and i will say i've had people reach out to me being like i can't believe he took the anti-german rhetoric in episode three so well so good job
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have to jump right into episode six, where we left off. So Tinsley is getting ready to go to a party that the former Page Six editor, Paula Froelich, another German last name, which I'm butchering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you are. Fröhlich.
0: Uh, yeah, frohlich <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. So let's just call her Paula. So she's going to the former Page Six editor's party, which, you know what? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Tinsley's smart to go to this girl's party after this chick has wrote horrible things about her time and time again. She says, hair and makeup is a girly girl's best friend. She always calls herself a girly girl. Even, like, on other articles I've read from her, I'm like, you're an adult.
1: Yeah, and she's, like, in her (laughs) mid-30s. I don't like it when, like, mature women Call themselves girls. I really, really don't like it.
0: Then you definitely so, don't like anything Luann says ever. <laughs> Let's get it, I girls. know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit different. Yeah. But I'm a girls, girls. I'm such a girly girl. I'm like, a... Ramona, you're 600 years old. You're not a girl anymore. <laughs> you're actually a grandma.
0: Yes. Well, not yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Well, actually, Avery was going on like an Instagram thing the other day saying, well, I moved careers. And if you guys want career advice, please reach out to me. It's like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to a 24-year-old for career advice. (laughs) No, I'm not (laughs) going to be reaching out to you. Thanks, though. So Tinsley's getting ready and Alex comes in. Again, Alex is like the BFF who seems to be really hot-headed and amazing. And after the drink was thrown directly into her eyeballs in episode one, I think she realized this show is not really for me. But she comes in and she's like, this fucking bitch talking about Devorah and all the shit she's been saying about Tinsley in the press. She basically said that... So Alex is upset. Alex and Tinsley are upset that... Devorah was saying that he Tinsley is dating this prince who's a Canal Street knockoff prince, and Alex calls her a delusional piece of white trash. So, Alex is then saying that Devorah only uses Tinsley for publicity, which, duh, like Devorah, you would not be in any of these articles if you weren't exclusively (laughs) talking crap about Tinsley.
1: No one cares for Devorah. Excuse me, I mean, Deborah Denise.
0: (laughs) You will get your due in episode eight where she is exposed for who she <laughs> truly is. Then we get like a testimonial of Dale again with this shit eating grin being like Tinsley is being dumped on in the press. People are saying she is a failure that she can't even be managed to be married. Her divorce is horrible. <laughs> and like she's cracking up. So Dale is there talking with Tinsley and Alex and she goes, I think you just need to go up to Devorah and say, Devora, I beg your pardon but i have never been your friend <laughs> like you are not scarlett o'hara people don't talk like that anymore Dale.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> oh my god then we flash got to paul at hudson terrace which is a shitty club that i went to in college um tommy shows up and they're kissing and they're having fun paul saying he really wants to make this work i know we're really from different par- walks of life but i <laughs> i know <laughs> And Tommy's basically saying, yeah, like, it's been fun being with you. But, like, I also have never been with someone, like, so dramatic. (laughs) So, Trouble in Paradise.
1: They kiss and make up and it's like they've been together for years. It's like, you know each other for a week. The show was filmed in a week, within a week. So, you've known each other for five working days. And you act like you've been together for years.
0: Yeah, Tommy's like accepting Uh. things that you should never accept like in the early stages of a relationship like when you see red flags and you don't address them for like six seven years and you could be like you're dramatic but it's just you but if it's like the first yeah the first 40-hour work week together and you're like wow everything you do is so dramatic and extra and generally inappropriate embarrassing (laughs) and like rude um maybe I should walk away but he's like we're gonna make this work I love being vulnerable mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Dale actually ends up reaching out to Deborah herself, since Tinsley is just basically oh,
1: production like production does. Production yeah.
0: does. <laughs> Dale would never type in Deborah Nieces digits into her cell phone. She probably has yeah. Even though this time flip phones are probably still in, she probably had a razor. Actually, no, she probably had a BlackBerry because that's what Tinsley was. Oh, I forgot we tech shamed in this show. Yes. <laughs>
1: It's a Crackberry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what phone Dale had if she was like BBMing on her
1: Blackberry. Maybe she had a Nokia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: one of (laughs) those. How tacky with like that really loud sound that would happen, like that alert sound. (laughs) I could see that totally being Dale's ringtone. (laughs) So Dale reaches out to Devora basically saying, like, Let's meet up at the Parker Meridian Hotel and have a drink. And Dale goes, She was probably thrilled to get a call from Tindley's mom. She agreed to meet with me. So Dale is sitting there waiting, which is just terrifying. It's like when you walk into a conference room and you know your boss is going to yell at you for something, and they're just sitting there. And then you walk in, you're like, Uh oh, like I got sent to the principal's office. (laughs) Dale immediately makes fun of her big inflated lips and starts in on her saying, you know, I read the article and was stunned by some of the stuff that you were saying about Tinsley. And she says, divorce seems somewhat common to me. Which <laughs> Dale's disses are very simple, but cut so deep. And they're not even about me. And I'm genuinely offended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Classy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is just classy disses. And Dale's basically just saying, like, you know, I'm disappointed in you. And she goes, If I were your mother, I would give you a good old fashioned spanking. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would definitely pay money for Dale to spank me. She should do like, you know, like Cameo has like videos. I want to just pay her to spank me. Like, I don't know if that's legal, but <laughs> would pay, would pay any price. <laughs>
1: Imagine Dale opening an OnlyFans account. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god! Yeah, just like posting feet pics. Where <laughs> <for> the internet. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, Devorah is basically saying, you know, she was my friend and I feel really hurt. And Dale was like, well, why are you hurt? You are not her friend. I've never even heard of you. Tinsley calls me and talks about her friends all the time. I've never heard of you. And Dale basically lets her know. Dale basically puts her in her place and says, you know, Tinsley didn't need you to be on the cover of a magazine to make her somebody. You didn't give her a new hairstyle. Like, chill out. You didn't make Tinsley Tinsley. And Devora is basically saying, like, you know, I was really hurt after the magazine cover. She never hit me up. She never wanted to hang out. And Dale basically just is like, no, like, none of that's true. Like, it doesn't even matter. You guys aren't friends. So please take Tinsley's name out of your mouth. And then Devora gets up and leaves, which Dale has a crazy way of making people <laughs> run away in fear. <laughs> Which is why she'd be an amazing dominatrix <laughs> or a sub dom oh. relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone runs away from Dale. But like Debra Denise leaves her back and leaves. Like she leaves her back at the at the hotel yeah. and just goes to the building next door. I'm like how random like why
0: well yeah she like hides in like the vestibule of the building next door and like and dale like runs in behind her and she's like what the hell is going on and you know she's crying and she's really upset and you could tell devora is embarrassed i think that was a moment where she was like oh my god like not only is tinsley like not my friend and i kind of inflated this friendship that we had so that i could maybe like Ride her coattails a little bit, but now her mommy is yelling at me on national television and you know like that's embarrassing and I kind of I've kind of felt for her because I I just I, I feel bad because you know she just wants to be accepted really badly and really thought like maybe tinsley could have been her in and thought you know oh like maybe we could be friends but like her mom going out of her way to tell her she's not her friend like is just so brutal and i don't know i I, ki- I kind of felt bad for her granted like you're like giving me a look or like fuck no <laughs>
1: yeah i'm like you know this is a scripted reality show right <laughs> <I know. laughs> this is all fake <laughs> Deborah yeah. Denise was brought in for one purpose only, to stir up shit.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But I do <laughs> but I do think as well, like in that moment, she realized, shit, yeah, I thought this is going to be fun, and yeah, I'm going to be like stirring up shit here and there a bit, but then when the mother of the main character comes and puts me in my place, maybe I've actually have gone too far (laughs) but still it's all not real
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) at least you agree with me a teeny bit (laughs) and then obviously dale basically ends it in a testimonial just being like if you want to be in our world you have to put the energy out you have to put the energy out there that you want to receive and she goes she's not in the club and she never will be Ooh, girls who are raised properly and who are lovely do not do these things. Tinsley's in on the rehearsals of New York was because Dale and Sonia were friends. <laughs> like you have to also question a lot of Dale's just behavior based on previous friendships with a previous friendship with Sonia. <laughs> Dale might not be as prim and proper as we think.
1: Only fam.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely DM her. Hey, girl, I've got a great business idea for you. <laughs> i actually know a girl who's on OnlyFans, and she's like really hot and a lesbian and she makes like six thousand dollars a week posting
1: like oh, good for her good things i was thinking at the beginning of the pandemic if i should do shit like that and i was like no i'm a prude i could never
0: <laughs> yeah i would never like yeah no i could never <laughs> my podcast might take off though podcaster, the first time I do podcasts in the nude. (laughs) So many of my 98% female audience would love to hear that.
1: It's not a vlog cast, it's a podcast so you can be naked or whatever you (laughs) want to be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, every solo episode I do I'm completely in the nude, so just uh, for you guys.
1: There's something for your fantasy people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, put that in your spank bank. (laughs) Sorry, mom, if you are listening to this. Actually, she definitely, she'll listen to my news episodes but she would never even dare dip a toe into a high society recap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so at this point we go back to paula's party tinsley's there saying like, she used to be terrified of her and she would write the meanest article so she asked if she could talk with paula a little bit about how to handle all the bad press she's been receiving lately and paula basically says just you know putting yourself out there to have a lot of people see you and know you means they um like putting yourself out there basically means like you have no choice in like being in the press and it's basically telling her take it with a grain of salt and in this case um give her (laughs) and paula was like why don't you just call me at page six and like we can make a rebuttal article and tinsley was like wait really like i could do that wait (laughs) what it's like yes tinsley press works both ways you can call and make a statement about devora the same way she has made multiple statements about you
1: yeah, Paula, Paula Fröhlich gave her actually really good advice. But, like, Tinsy was again in a really ridiculous dress, and I guess it was Mackaysa again. I'm like, oh, girl, seriously. Oh, <laughs> oh girl, now I'm saying it. <laughs> oh, woman.
0: <laughs> it oh, like woman. <laughs> woman.
1: Trying to dress like a little girl. Yeah, but, um, yeah, Paula gave her really good advice, and that was... One of the few moments on that show where I actually felt a little bit educational. <laughs> How to handle the press when you're famous.
0: Just in case you get so famous from your OnlyFans that you are then being <laughs> put under the public scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> so, we actually will get more, as you're talking about like Marquesa stuff, we'll have another weird Marquesa thing in our where are they now section of this recap so just you wait guys get get through all 47 parts of this series and then you'll know where everybody is now (laughs) so the episode cuts to Jules is at the gym working out then we see like a a shot of her like on her couch playing video games and with her friend when they busted her out of the hotel now let me just get that part Because there's really nothing there. From the party, we go to a scene with Dale, meeting him with a matchmaker named Claire Wexler. She is not Patty Stanger adjacent. Thank God. I actually think this is a real matchmaker. She's saying that this matchmaking service basically is just for like really wealthy men to find, I guess, equally wealthy women. (laughs) I don't know. Or just like classy women who once had money. And the men had to put $20,000 to get onto the service. And Dale had initially thought it was $100,000. And so when she finds out it was only twenty, she's like, ugh, I feel cheap. And I'm going into all dating situations like that. Delete any app I have. Delete any way of meeting men. I need to go to Claire Wexler. I need a man putting twenty grand down to potentially find, quote, unquote, love.
1: Claire Wexler from the Selective Search dating service. You have to have a look into if it still exists yeah, or if it went down like everyone and everything else after the show. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. She's not in my... Oh, no, wait. she's She is still working. Now she has a thing called the dating trainer. I've been a dating and relationship coach for 15 years, including blah, blah, blah. I'm considered a a leader in the dating industry. Podcast guest extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, you guys, next week's bonus episode is an interview with Claire Wexler. (laughs) Podcast guest extraordinaire on the topic of dating over 40. (laughs) Do we have any mutual friends on LinkedIn? We literally do. And it is a woman I worked with who was over 40. <laughs> so that's See? great. Oh, I hope she I hope she found love. That lady was actually really nice. <laughs> me, but Gina. it
1: is so random that like suddenly Dale goes and looks for a man for a date. Like we haven't <laughs> talked about any, heard anything about Dale's dating life before. It was <laughs> never a topic or it wasn't even hinted that she was looking for a new man. And now randomly in episode six, Two more episodes left Dale suddenly goes And tries to catch a man
0: Catch some dick (laughs) (laughs) So I know it's kind of random Maybe she was like you know what I've been Harassing both my daughters about Marriage and dating and I'm actually Single for a very long time so Why not So basically she says you know I have everything in life But I just want to fall in love At this point they had been divorced for about eight years And (sighs) (laughs) she was like Claire goes to her so are you looking for a prince and Dale's face goes immediately white and she's like absolutely not that was the wrong thing to say do not bring up princes
1: please never (laughs) she just wants a man who can dance and who makes her laugh
0: Same. how fun is Dale I mean when we go through Dale's date scene which I believe is in episode 7 I, like, was almost crying. Like, I was so happy for her. And Tinsley basically <laughs> said, like, mom, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Tinsley basically said, like, oh, my God, my mom is such a freaking dork. Like, she is so, like, embarrassing and giddy. And you see her on this date, and she is really, like, a little dork. She acts like she's, like, a 13-year-old girl, and she gets swept away and has a great date. Okay, I'm rushing ahead. I'm rushing ahead. I'm rushing ahead. <laughs> Okay, because we have a big fight we have to get into. So from there, we go to Devora. <clears throat> she is a brand ambassador for a swimwear line called Danilo Brazil. She becomes the face of the brand. She's hosting their swimwear line fashion show or something, and they're in a location. <laughs> the, with trunk like- <laughs> the
1: trunk show. It's a trunk show. The trunk show. There's hardly anyone there. It's at the pool of some random hotel. It's
0: creepy. It looks not even like a hotel. It looks like a gymnasium, like a pool, like at a high school or something where people it's are seeing. It's probably like
1: the, the metal bleachers. bathhouse yeah. the Roni women went to last season. Exactly.
0: They're all being like smacked with those big leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so at this party, Jules Kirby shows up uninvited naturally and Jules is like I have so many bikinis I have thousands of bikinis like I don't even understand like this bikini line is so fucking ugly I fucking hate it and she's she's so angsty and like unnecessarily mad at all times and then she's calling Devorah like a white male woman thing you know really kind considering you know she's a woman I don't know so, Devorah basically says, uh-oh, I could smell patheticness entering the room. <laughs> when Jules walks in, she basically says she's homophobic, she's racist, an empty carcass of a human, and she's like, something sticky on the bottom of your shoe. Good diss, good dis. So, you know something's gonna happen. You know one of my favorite things from this show is going to happen. Just wait. Just wait, you guys. Jules is immediately rude and is saying she doesn't know she didn't know who was going to be there and she didn't think this was going to be like some bootleg america's next top model fashion show which i liked that this,
1: yeah but it was also oh maybe that's a little later because the models were from america's next top model
0: <laughs> oh, i didn't know
1: that's why she, when she said it, like, later on, she said started to Devor, uh, Deborah Denise, and the models were standing around, and she goes like, "No offense, I didn't mean you guys." <laughs> like, mm, yeah, but still, you're dissing them as well.
0: So they just started fighting with each other. I guess Jules makes some snide remark about Deborah, um, having like a bootleg job with this company. Like, why would they hire you as a brand ambassador? And Dvorak goes, well, you don't even have a job. Jules, darling Kirby. Darling isn't even your middle name. And then she's just, like, getting upset and just like, rambling off things about Jules. She goes, Jewel celebrates her half birthdays. <laughs> and Jules goes, yeah, so my friends can celebrate my birthday twice a year.
1: <laughs> what a fight. What a fight.
0: I want to know more about Jules pre- high society like i feel like at this point she's a dumpster human however i feel like before the show is when she was really causing a ruckus
1: (laughs) i don't know if i want to know what she was like before i mean she she's an absolute monster
0: well she was 27 when this show was airing so or when the show was filming so she was old enough to consciously know like your behavior is unacceptable but I I don't think it really That's sunk in. But I I did find one thing about her when I was like reading for the where are they now thing. Jules was arrested on July third, I believe, in two thousand nine at four thirteen in the morning, which you know no riff raff is happening at four thirteen in the morning, and she was partying in East Hampton and ripped down a large Betsy Ross American flag off a porch of a house that was built in seventeen oh eight and was charged with, like, consuming booze in public. And Betsy Ross, like, created the American flag. <laughs> Jules Kirby is ripping it off of old-ass homes. Honey, just keep your hands to yourself. You need to be in a straitjacket. <laughs> I would love to see, like, her arrest history. That's actually a good thing to to Google when I have more time on my hands, I guess. <laughs> So back to the party. So they're just kind of screaming her out. Devora kicks her out. And Jules is basically saying, you yeah, you're a fake bitch. No one even knows where you're from or what your name is. Everyone thinks you look like a man. You have a fake body, a fake face. And she walks away and she kind of goes in like this other like banquette area. And I love this scene because everybody else is fully clothed. And Devora is walking <laughs> around in six inch heels and a little bikini and looks amazing. Like obviously her body is like non-existent. She's a twig. But it just is making me laugh that she's having a full screaming argument with a bunch of clothed people and she is in a bikini. I <laughs> know and-
1: oh, it was so <laughs> random. It was so random. I would feel so uncomfortable if I was her. Yeah. Oh, like, I- yeah, everyone is like I think it's also it it's in the wintertime or something. <laughs> like everyone is in full big jackets and like uh, sweaters and stuff yeah and she runs around in a skimpy little brazilian bikini
0: <laughs> so we have them screaming at each other jules says i don't want to be near you because i don't want to catch your disease in the air they're fighting devora throws a glass at jules jules then throws a f- entire drink at devora in her hair and then Devorah somehow gets another glass this is like the potomac glass where it's like did candace throw the glass or did she not <laughs> throw the glass like this is clear as day glass throwing three glasses thrown so i believe this is the sixth thing thrown based on my count. i need like a ticket. <laughs> and i think there's one or two more throws if, if my notes have served me well So obviously after the glass throwing, the party is over and they leave. We then get Dabney and Jules BBMing. Dabney is still living at the hotel currently. And Jules was saying, you know, so. Well,
1: you missed another really, really homophobic, transphobic diss from Jules. Oh. After the fight, they have a little interview with Jules again, of course. And Jules says, but for a man, she looks amazing in a bikini. So
0: <laughs> fucking rude. Well, it's like all of the girls in Brony calling Luann Lu-man. <laughs> Luann is <laughs> a stunning model. I, I, and it's like Ramona calling her that. <laughs> uh, I want to get off that Ramona coaster really really soon. but Yeah, Jules is obviously transphobic. Anything Obic she is.
1: She is.
0: She is. <laughs> or Obic or Edic. <laughs> 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 that is Jules Kirby. So as I was saying, Jules and Dabney are BBMing. Dabney is still living at the hotel. And Jules was basically saying... there was Jules was then accused of fighting outside the hotel with her boyfriend. And that is like what is going to cause... What caused her getting kicked out of the hotel. So as we saw in the previous episode, Jules was kicked out of the hotel. Jules was saying that Dabney was actually the one fighting outside the hotel with her boyfriend. And not Jules. And so Jules getting kicked out of the hotel was actually not fair because it was all because of Dabney. And Dabney was like, uh. so with like the su- Southern manners, she's like, I think it potentially could have been a buildup of other things in addition to the bite that I did not have. I don't know. Throwing phones against the wall, yelling at people on the phone, disrespecting the staff who works here, disrespecting the people at the spa. I don't know. Like the only thing you did properly was pay the bill. Like that is it. Did jules oh, the CW
1: is basically paid to bill
0: <laughs> yeah i don't even think the cw could afford that in their production budget all of, like the damages she probably did and the psychological damages done to the the sweet people <laughs> who work on staff so jules is basically trying to blame dabney for all of this Dabney asks jules point blank are you drunk like how can you say this and jules is then saying dabney you're so inappropriate and you're the reason for me getting kicked out of the hotel and Daphne gets up and she's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, I am done with this conversation. I am not having it. And then you see her like walk around and she's like yelling at the producers being like, I am not taking responsibility for this bullshit. Like she's been having problems since day one. I am not being blamed for this. This is outrageous. And, and granted, like, of course she was upset in the moment because- you know, Jules is now trying to paint Dabney out to be the asshole when it's clearly the other way around. But it's it's like, Dabney, honey, we just had six full episodes of watching her be disrespectful to everybody. Nobody thinks you're the problem here.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, and as, like, Dabney said, like, uh, no, she wasn't kicked out because of that one fight. That was just a build-up. There was a whole build-up to her getting kicked out. But... I actually do believe Daphne was the one fighting that night. I Ooh. do think it was her. Cause, oh,
0: a plot twist.
1: Yeah, because the way she reacted when Jules confronted her and she was like, what are you talking about? I felt it was, uh, she was acting. And I do think, like, I mean, they're both blonde, well-dressed, I do think that people who don't really pay attention to detail or don't don't really care, but see people fighting, could think like the one was the other. I
0: can and see that, of
1: course. And Debbie has a little bit that, of a
0: fiery personality. Like you see yeah. her not backing down the way kind of Tinsley is a little bit meeker. Exactly,
1: and then especially how she went off went off on the producer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, because. I do think you actually were the one fighting and you were happy that it obviously got blamed on Jules.
0: Yeah, now I'm thinking like, even when people go up to the producers, it's generally because it's their fault, whether it was like Michael Darby this past season where he was like, going up to the producers and being like get me out of here like I hate this it's like dude you're at fault like you right. are freaking out or even like Dorinda at the end of last season where they, they were literally cheersing Tinsley and she went yeah. ballistic yeah. <laughs> out of control rage screaming at the producers and everyone was like whoa, whoa 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 this was simply a cheers we just said thank you to Tinsley for bringing her into the group but, <laughs> but okay From here, we go to episode seven, which is called Retail Therapy. We get some scenes of Tinsley playing tennis, and then she's getting ready to... She's talking about how she's going to be going to the guest of a guest party tonight. She's doing some stuff with her bags, blah, blah, blah. She had to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. The scenes about her trying to be like a bag girl, like a bag fashion maven, just are so boring. I just don't care. Uh, She... (laughs) did give us a nugget that she had woke up at 5.30 in the morning and Topper was actually in her living room.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com achieve today. She was naked, but she was frightened, but it felt very normal.
1: Oh, Why was Topper in her apartment?
0: How do you get her key to her new Chelsea right. loft? Right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that was a little questionable. And she was basically saying, like, he still wants to be with her and she's questioning if she should stay with him. And it was unfair that this was happening. Like, I I don't know. Like, in one moment, you see her moving out of the apartment. He's on his phone, not even looking at her, has his face blurred in the episode, in the first episode. And then, what, seven, six episodes later, he's like, I want to be with you again in her apartment Well, she's naked. She sleeps in the nude. I bet Dale wouldn't be happy about that. But I just find it to be strange they're kind of back and forth and a part of me like doesn't believe that he was wanting to stay with her I don't know I don't know I just like feel like he he shades her a lot in an article that I read from I think 2007 in the New York times about Topper and her being in the press. And I, I took a quote one quote from it where he said, it's not necessarily the type of goal that anyone should strive for talking about Tinsley's career, going out every night for the sake of self-promotion and getting their picture taken. And I mean, these girls went to good colleges. So you'd think they'd have something better to do. Like you're talking about your wife. Dude. <laughs> and then he says, I don't know that that's the route. Uh, I don't know that the route to how she got there is what I would tell my five-year-old girl to follow. If I had one, then he follows up saying, I just never like that whole thing that everyone trying to gain status from being involved in these charity events. I mean, I've always been a person who like who likes to take the wind out of fancy people's sails. Like you are a quintessential rich boy being like, I'm not like the other rich people. Your grandfather created like American standard oil. You are beyond rich and you're like i like to take the piss out of fancy rich people's sails it's like dude you literally probably went to sailing school for 10 years of your life like you literally (laughs) can take the wind out of a sail (laughs) i just find it frustrating when rich people act as if like they're not rich like you have benefited from all of the privileges of being a rich white man in this country and now you're like i can't believe people go to these charity events to try to gain status it's like well that's like half the fucking point of charity season in new york it's ridiculous these parties cost two million dollars and like 15 dollars end up going to actually the people that they're raising money for it's it's so backwards
1: i don't go to charities i start charities megan (laughs) did a throwback to shannon bedore
0: Where's Shannon's charity she's starting? I'm shocked that we haven't actually gotten any charity stuff, like from someone who starts charities, not a single peep about charities. <laughs> Interesting. i got to do some researching on that later. So yeah, Tinsley goes to some meetings, trying to sell her bags, whatever. That's it. They buy it at Calypso St. Barts, which is cool, but that store did close, as does everything.
1: <laughs> Just
0: anything that happens, anything that goes on to Bravo is immediately screwed. And I was saying in my Instagram thing I did yesterday where I, like, did an office tour that Pizza Beach closed. That cute pizza place we went to. Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, was,
0: I mean, every place in New York is basically closing, so. Womp womp. Well, we go to one of my favorite scenes. I love scenes where the mothers are involved. I've got to say. We now, we see Paul and his mother, Melissa, meeting Tommy at Bloomingdale's downstairs to like eat in the appliance section. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's obviously wearing a huge hot pink bow tie and she is just like, who is this hunky, sexy guy? She keeps calling him muscles and she's like calling him dear and being like a good classic mom. She basically told us that Paul had been dating a much older man who was 45 before he was dating Tommy. She was like, he never had time for him. He was always running between Botox appointments and hair appointments. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And do we wonder if that is Topper's brother, the older man? Oh,
0: yeah,
1: probably.
0: Yeah, let me actually see if I like wrote his name down anywhere.
1: Because I mean, that's how they how Tinsley met. Paul
0: Mortimer, brother Peter Davis. Peter Davis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're I think you're right. Yeah, Paul Johnson Calderon, who shot attention to, by dating man about town, Peter Davis. They met at Deerfield Academy, of course, where all the rich kids go. Hmm. I'm trying to think, like, age? Paul and Peter Davis. That's, like, a pretty basic name. This dude, one dude I'm looking for is 84 right now, which, like, <laughs> makes sense, but I don't think that's him. Regardless, he was dating an older man, whatever. Melissa just keeps asking him all of these crazy questions, and oh, sorry, she's asking him all these questions about, you know, him. She goes, do your parents know if you're gay? And this is, like, actually a scene I really enjoy, Paul, where he's just like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> like, he really starts to make me laugh. <laughs> then, like, we're, like, we miss, like, a couple scenes. And then Paul's crying about something. <laughs> like, he's, like, wiping his tears away. I'm like, oh, God, this is supposed to be fun, I think. we <laughs> They both want committed relationships. And Paul, like, in his, like, droll voice, he's like, um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Seconds, starring Melissa Johnson. My God. She asked him every question, and then obviously, like, a confused mom of a gay
1: kid. It was really funny. It was a really funny scene. I mean, Paul's mother is hysterical.
0: She's a, a light, she was so,
1: Yeah, she was so funny, and when you think, that like, God, how is it possible that your kid is such a Dick. piece of work? <laughs> yeah.
0: He will have his redemption story in our where are they now section. So Stay tuned for that. Uh, She also says if Anderson Cooper, if I can't get Anderson Cooper, this guy will do. This Tommy (laughs) and Anderson Cooper have absolutely nothing in common other than maybe being gay. That's it.
1: And good looking.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, and good looking. He is a silver fox. And I don't even know if Anderson Cooper was technically out at that point. I feel like he came out like I don't remember when but I've, I mean I think people kind of knew but in America or in like society you need to be like I am gay I like sleeping with men just in case anybody was wondering <laughs> so. got it got it got it from there we go back to Tinsley at her apartment with Fanny the housekeeper who I believe Fanny gave Topper the key I think Fanny is literally the keeper of the
1: keys I doubt it
0: <laughs> she guards those keys in her life
1: because the first time Fanny came over um, Tinsley had to open the door for her I mean okay it's probably also like yeah really her first time coming over to her place but I don't think that she has the key to the shitty apartment and I don't think she gave it to Topper I think Topper and Tinsley maybe hooked up that night but Moving oh. on.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, that actually makes a lot more sense where she's like, it was 5:30 a.m. and I happened to be naked. Right. I feel like Tinsley's sleeps in like a full like floor-length satin nightdress. <laughs> sleeping <laughs> gown.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: So she's talking with in Manny la- about
1: in the la perla underwear, lingerie she bought with Daphne.
0: Yes, and the frete sheets it's actually <laughs> sounds quite nice. <laughs> She's talking with Fanny about how she misses Topper. She doesn't want to let him go. 17 years is such a long time and most of her life. Fanny says she hopes they get back together. Why, Fanny? Like, you're probably getting double money going to Tinsley's house separately from Topper's apartment. Like, make that bank, honey. <laughs>
1: Well, I think for her. First of all, she was anyways like, why is that woman talking to me? She never talked to me before. Before she was on on this TV show, <laughs> she only asked me to clean her, her her toilet or whatever. And then yeah, she's like, yes, I hope. And I I thought like, yeah, because you don't want to go uptown and downtown to clean two apartments.
0: Yeah, and you know Apple. Tinsley has no t- cleaning supplies at her house, and so Fanny has to, like, schlep everything, and they're like, we exactly. can't even pay for an Uber or a cab. You gotta take the subway with your mom.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: <rude. laughs> From there, we go to another dining scene with Paul and Melissa. They do a little regroup about their lunch with Tommy. Paul is saying, like, I'm really serious about him, and he's like, I just want to get out of New York with him. Like, you know, my travel plans this year, Stade, India, Amsterdam, the Maldives. I just need to be jet setting along with Tommy, mom. So if I, he's like, I crunch the numbers, mom. And I need about mm, 16,000 to take Tommy on all my travels with me. Can you imagine asking your parents for 16 grand to take a perfect uh, stranger, aka extra, (laughs) on <laughs> travels throughout the con- the world, the Maldives. Stad. I need to go to Stad. Have you ever been there? No. No, oh, I feel
1: like that's a place you'd be like,
0: yeah, I go there. Casual.
1: No, I haven't. I mean Sonia has now.
0: Oh yeah. Stad. <laughs>
1: Smokey eye, I <have> to Start. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's basically saying, you know, I really want to settle down. I want to get married. And I need a wedding that will cost about $500,000 because Tommy is worth it. And
1: again, they've known each other for now six consecutive days. <laughs> yeah. like... They're
0: going into overtime pay for the week. They've exceeded 40-hour work week. <laughs> they good time and a half. <laughs> so... He she basically says like yeah well at most I know I'll probably give you a hundred thousand. He goes should I pull a star Jones and I don't remember this reference but then I read an article about how she had like an entirely sponsored wedding to a banker like a rich dude and yeah. she then like had this whatever sponsored wedding and then went on to the View or whatever show she was
1: on and
0: what song was she on was she on the View
1: i can't remember. I, to play, I don't know. can't remember,
0: yeah the view um, the chick went on the view and would like try to like subtly integrate the brands that sponsored her wedding like throughout the episodes without like confirming it with the producers that it was okay <laughs> to like blatantly talk about other brands when they already have advertising partners. Ah oh, God, I'm gonna pull a star Jones for my wedding for sure. <laughs> then Paul takes Good it to luck. another yeah. <laughs> Hey, sponsor my podcast and my non existent wedding. Thanks. <laughs> Megan O'Donnell's wedding, sponsored by Flamingo Razors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, my OnlyFans is going to pay for my wedding. I'm going to start that tonight. It's going to be
1: a really, really small wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a micro wedding. <laughs> just me myself and i (laughs) i just
0: buy a big cake and just eat it alone (laughs) that's my wedding that's depressing um (laughs) moving on so paul basically says i'm gonna have to pull a menendez brothers and suffocate you while you're sleeping to get all your money
1: It's like it's kind of funny, but on the other side, if I was his mom, we'll be like, oh God, I'm kind of scared though. Yeah, I definitely
0: I'm definitely. Keeping with wealth. one
1: eye open from now on.
0: <laughs> definitely. And it's funny because the mom was saying, like, you know, like you really need to value saving money. And it always is like the third generation of wealth that just squanders all the money. Like the old, like the first generation had to work really hard to get it, the second generation, You know, kept it, reaped the benefits of the first generation's hard work. And then the third generation is like, this money is owed to me and never have jobs, never work. A la Paul and Jules. Paul, at least again, will have a redemption storyline. Jules doesn't change. I don't believe ever. So we go to Tinsley. She's hosting an event for a vodka party. Her and Dabney are wearing matching dresses, twins. At this party, she meets Constantine Maroulis, who was the sixth place finalist on the fourth season of American Idol, which lol that this guy has made like such a big career from himself, one in the Bravo world, but two from being the sixth place final, The sixth (laughs) place finalist. That is so far away from winning <laughs> like, so you guys can do anything if you want you can always become a tony nominated performer even if you're number six right, right. <laughs> he is so cringy throughout this entire arc on the show he's like hi tinsley i see you all over the papers in the town she's like yeah it's like kind of embarrassing and then he's like, do you, any, do you know any hot and rich, uh, I mean, <laughs> pretty smart girls? And she's like, oh, what? <laughs> it's like, how embarrassing for you, bro. Like, you're literally saying to, like, a rich girl, do you know any hot rich girls for me to date? Like, get a job. Vicky Gumbel get a job. Get a job.
1: Dude, that was his pickup line.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you know any hot rich girls? And she's like, you're looking at one.
1: Me she loved it
0: well yeah she definitely liked the flirt there's definitely more chemistry between her and Constantine than her and that other guy where they were like let's do a New York dinner blackberry is on the table
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he invites her to his show Rock of Ages he has just like this bad hair it's just, it's just so embarrassing and as we realize this past season Constantine has hooked up with Luann and Ramona, we don't know to the the extent of the hookup, but I feel like Luann definitely boned him. I think Luann doesn't even like try to like wait till the third date. She just goes, right.
1: deep, goes and that's, maybe that's what she saw him in Rock of Ages, maybe as well. Was like, oh, a cabaret star is gonna hook up with a musical star. One um, day
0: we'll both win Tonys.
1: <laughs> we will share a Tony.
0: We've both fucked men named Tony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't let it be about Tony. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, like back then, I mean, yeah, his hair, his crazy long hair and everything, but like he, ten years ago he kinda was hot-ish. hot ish.
0: Hotish. But then when you see
1: pictures hot adjacent, yeah, exactly. But now when you see pictures of him when it like all the the whole rumor started that like three of the Roni women have hooked up with the same guy. I immediately knew it was him because I watched High Society back then. So I was like, of course, it's him. Um, Jesus Christ, he got fat and ugly.
0: He's spit. so bloated.
1: I just <laughs> <laughs> so, He looks awful now. Um,
0: Maybe he's like aging. He's like trying to be a rock star. Like He's like, I was doing so much rock star cosplay and rock of ages. I just became a rock star smoking cigarettes, doing heroin, drinking a lot.
1: (laughs) If he was doing heroin, he would be skinny. True. (laughs) He looks awful. He looks awful. I was like, well, I know Ramona has no standards and Ramona really doesn't care as long as it's a working dick, but like seriously, woman.
0: I like how you're saying "woman" instead of "girl." Where I was just like, "woman," what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "what do you say?"
1: a little bit, did it?
0: Took me a second. <laughs> I was also on page six, like when I was looking for the "where are they now." Things. And I came across a little article from September of 2011, where it said, Luanne Deliseps arrived at co-host Kelly Ben charity dinner for Food Bank at the East Hampton, blah, 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 two hours late. She came with her boyfriend, Jacques, at the time. The Real Housewife was overheard shouting, I didn't know there was a seated dinner, as she sauntered through the dining room at the party, which was hosted by, I don't know who this is, Samantha Yanks and Devorah Rose. And American Idol star Constantine Marula's performed. So I believe that that is where Lou and Constantine met. September yeah. 2011 at the food bank party. Mark my words. Totally.
1: And that's back when she probably hooked up with him as well.
0: Well, she was with Jacques, even though she cheated on Jacques with the pirate. So I, again, I don't think Luann has rules even like her and the count had an open relationship she didn't really want well, to say it like that. Say
1: that right they had an open marriage anyway so I think she probably thought um, well I'm going to have fun with Jacques as well or maybe Luan... they did who knows uh, ooh
0: that's a lot of hair Jacques had that long flowy hair <laughs> <laughs> Constantine Luanne has the shortest hair in the, the group The pirate. <laughs> the pirate interesting and the count the count yeah. had long hair
1: maybe it's a thing and maybe when was it 2011 or 2012 well it was the year of the hair
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then like when she met tom she was like ladies or women i'm going bald (laughs) 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 so at the party, yeah, Tinsley gets invited to Rock of Ages, which we'll see later. Then we get one of my favorite parts ever, Dale on her way to her first date. So this guy obviously is loaded. He takes, he sends a Bentley to take her to the tarmac of a plane where he gets off. He's from Milwaukee, so he flew a private plane to get there. His name is Chris, who's really cute. He brings her flowers and Virginia wine. And he was like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't find Virginia dogwood flowers." Like, love it. Like, just love him putting the thought and energy. And like, it's not him. It definitely was like an assistant that he has. If he's flying private and sending Bentleys, like he is not being like Virginia dogwood flowers. That's perfect for my Virginia girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the Virginia, pack wine.
1: Virginia <laughs> yeah
0: I was wondering if the Virginia wine potentially was from the Salahis
1: vineyard. <laughs> Oasis winery.
0: Yeah, it must have been from Oasis. <laughs> so they go on this really cute date. They're in the backseat of this limo. And he's like, I'm from Milwaukee. And she goes, are there a lot of cows there? And he's like, um, it's a city. It's a historical city built by immigrants who are from Italy and Germany. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like Germans very much. First things first. First date. You need to know this about me. I hate Germans. (laughs) Naturally, he's German.
1: (laughs) Of course he is.
0: And she goes, well, I only said that because my daughter is dating a German prince that I don't really like whatever then they go to a central park they take a horse and buggy ride which is animal abuse and they hold hands to the park she trips like a quirky little girl this reminded me of like did you watch bridgerton
1: i started oh it's started. i've only seen the first episode so far
0: love it but they like do like strolls in the park like that's like the obviously like people go to strolls in the park too but just reminded me of like being courted through the park <laughs> with your date and then they hold hands and he kisses her on a bridge and she like walks away and she's like <laughs> like so happy kitty like a little school I, the guy downstairs just had a baby and so he's probably like what is this bitch doing upstairs screaming <laughs> she's screaming a lot <laughs> But I see. It seemed like a really good date. But like you were saying, like they brought up her dating. They brought up her lack of dating. Then they bring up this date, and then they never say at the end, like what happened to Chris?
1: No, nothing. Never. It's never been spoken about again. And you could tell that you really, really enjoyed the date, and probably it was her first kiss since I don't know, eighteen hundred something. <laughs> But, 1971 yeah, she, <laughs> she really really did enjoy it. It was cute to see, but yeah, it's so random. Like uh, suddenly this older woman were uh, involved in her dating life. <laughs>
0: Imagine him being like, "Yeah, I'll sign the release to go on your daughter's show about socialites in New York." And <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Jules is like, "I see the N word. Who even cares? Black people don't have feelings. <laughs> like, oppression. Um, I'm oppressed. I'm blonde and rich and a woman. Uh, I'm oppressed. <laughs> it's like." He's like, oh, Dale. This was fine. He probably sued Claire Wexler. and Was like, how dare you be in this situation?
1: <laughs> Maybe when you invite Claire Wexler on your podcast, you can ask her about him.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. Honestly, I'm looking for a sugar daddy. He's probably he's ten years older at this point, so clock is ticking on if him. he's
1: still alive.
0: <laughs> Even better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take care of him. <laughs> I'll nurse him <laughs> back. Not really back to health. I'll just nurse him. <laughs> That's it.
1: All right, Anna Nicole. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Tinsley goes on her own date with Constance marula She goes to see Rock of Ages. She watches him in the front and then she goes backstage. She was so happy. She was really giddy. It looked like she had a really good time. She knew every song at the show. And he's like, whoa, Tinsley. He sounds like he's in a bad porno. He's like, it's insanely hot <laughs> back here. It must be you, Tinsley. Like, he's so creepy. He's like Quagmire from fucking Family Guy. <laughs> and you can tell she's like not turned on, but she likes the attention. And he's like, fun. So <laughs> maybe she's into it. He was like, "I just took my makeup off," and she goes, "Actually, I was gonna ask you if I could borrow some of your makeup for a touch-up." <laughs> like, so they share makeup, which is like not good for your well-being of your eyes. But me.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: I wonder if anyone got a sty from that sharing. Just wondering. Yeah. I gotta ask Constantine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> she looked really happy. Whatever. She then started singing for him, which great love it they ended up leaving to go get some food and they went to the side stage and she like was like very cool and you could tell like all of, like the you know 13 year old thespians who made their parents like wait outside the stage door for three hours are like was she constantine is the love of my life how dare he <laughs> be with this beautiful blonde woman i'm in love with him I'm, like talking but about myself did, like i'm the side did. door of wicked,
1: God. wicked. Stop wicked. <laughs> um, but she totally Likes that he's famous Like you can see when they're outside And he's signing autographs and everything She's like totally like, I'm with it now We're with together Famous singer
0: Famous singer Famous socially <laughs> <laughs> So yeah they go out to dinner They look like they're having fun And they t- cheers to Rock of Ages and handbags Love that they smooch outside, and it seems cute. So again, that's the. End. I,
1: I, it was totally set up by production. The kiss. The kiss. Yeah. Oh.
0: I thought that. Was, <laughs> I
1: thought that was love.
0: <laughs> I'm a believer. I'm a believer in love. Oh, Can't you God. tell?
1: <laughs> oh yeah! All right. All right. I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> Clearly, so, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> We both need to go to Claire Wexler. I'm going to see like, hey, will you come on this joint podcast for us? And it turns into like a high society conversation. And then we actually are like, so let's get down to the bottom of it, Claire. Please set us up with rich people.
1: We don't have $20,000. We can give you $2.
0: We can give you $5 each. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) You won't even put the extra three in for the love of your life. No. (laughs) Well, we go to Paul quickly calling Tommy to invite him to the guest of a guest party. He goes, it's totally A-list and I am one of the people on the A-list. <laughs> so modest and humble. And we go to Tinsley, who's also getting ready for the guest of a guest party. She has another pink ruffle dress from Marquesa. Shocking. And the entire crew is going to be at this party and she invites Dale for backup. Nice.
1: Very Nice. <laughs> and it's like yeah they say uh, i don't know if it's paul who's like um anyone who's anyone is gonna be there right i was like yeah so no one is there besides the cast of high society
0: and guest of a guest is like the was like the biggest star fucker blog that was just like trying to go to parties to like take photos of celebrities so it's like they all this was all planned this was like in vanderpump rules where they had like What was like the Radar Online party? Or no, it wasn't Radar Online. It was, um, Mm -hmm.
1: Um, yeah, some like the Daily Mail.
0: Yeah, the Daily Mail party. Oh my god, that's where James Kennedy called you (laughs) (laughs) fat iconic party. Like, no one goes to that party. This is all fake. So, uh, (laughs) we get to the party. Paul is basically like, This is Tommy's debutante night. He's coming out (laughs) to all the people. And like Tommy is so funny. Like Tinsley is wearing a Marquesa dress and Tommy's wearing a shearling jacket that looks like it's from Kohl's. He got it on the clearance rag where his mom gave it to him for Christmas. (laughs) And (laughs) Jamal is going around to people and he's like, oh my God, like we met the night. I almost got arrested. So we almost never saw each other again. (laughs) But don't worry. I'm White and wealthy, and was able to run away from the cops and have zero repercussions for throwing a glass directly into a girl's face. Oh, tell me. Then Devora walks into the party. Paul goes boom shakalaka, in walks Devora Rose with her swamp thing hair and her witch hands. She needs <laughs> some do, flying monkeys.
1: <laughs> but yeah, right, but I do like how the the music they put. Over oh, that scene, her uh, walking in, is Peaches motherfuckers gonna get with me? You remember that song? You know that song?
0: <laughs> you know that song? I don't think I know that.
1: No. Oh my god, I always loved Peaches and
0: she rewatching died, right?
1: this. Uh... No. Oh no,
0: that was Peaches Geldof. off.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about
0: R.I.P. Wrong Peaches. <laughs>
1: DJing Peaches, singer Peaches. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love that song. just gotta... gonna get with me, stay with me. <laughs> All right. It was a great song. I loved it that I put it over Deborah Denise entering the guest of a guest party.
0: Can I put that on my Spotify playlist and bump it? <sighs> <laughs> so... Everybody's at the party. We have Dale kind of narrating being like, you see, you know there's going to be some drama between Devorah and Tinsley and her cadre. They come closer and then they back away and they come closer and they back away. <laughs> Tinsley then heads towards Devorah with Alex and Daphne as backup. Devorah's like, um, Tinsley, um, can we please do this one-on-one? And Tinsley's like, honestly, not possible if you're going to go to New York Magazine to publicly declare war on me.
1: <laughs>
0: to be continued
1: the big showdown <laughs>
0: yeah, the big end of season showdown and again i'm so proud to work for new york magazine this is the kind of drama my employers should be getting into publicly declaring <laughs> war between tinsley and devora two nobodies <laughs> Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up. Stay tuned on Tuesdays and Fridays for more episodes of Bravo Happy Hour. And if you're loving the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review. Thanks for listening and have a great rest
1: of your day.